Great to see you all. If I wasn't doing this, this is the seminar that I would have picked. Because <laughs> I love anything with a how-to at the front of it. If there's a how-to, I will be there. I love to know how to. Can I just ask, is anyone here already? Do you feel even this morning that God has spoken to you? Heard from God? There we are. I know you to stay that you can go to the house. So anyway, just let me introduce myself. My name is David Lavery. Um, I am in the city of Wakefield, which is 20 minutes south of the train. This is my wife, who's going to hate this. This is Oh, come on, Karen, make a bit of a This is Karen. Karen used to say um, that I would drag her all over the country for the last 30 years. And uh, but now she doesn't say that anymore because she was um, half responsible for everywhere we've been. But we have been together as a couple on an adventure with God for over 30 years now. And uh, I, keep, I said to her, there were other men, you know, other men that were interested in Karen back in her youth days in the church that we were in. And uh, she could have had a much quieter, more sedate life, living in the same city probably for the last 30 years. But instead she chose me and we've lived in the Midlands, we've lived in South Wales, and we've lived here in the, what I call the South, you probably call the North. Um, because uh, this is not where I'm from originally. So, so Karen's been with me all that time. Let me just say what we're going to do today to see a bit of an overview. First of all, we're going to look at scriptures together. Did anybody bring a Bible with them? A proper Bible? This is great. I love it when people actually look at the Bibles. I've got my new Bible that I got for Christmas, which I'm really looking forward to. I'm hoping that everything's in the same place as my old Bible, otherwise, who knows what could happen today. So I've got my new Bible today, we're going to look at some scriptures together. And what we're going to do, just, to, just so you know where we're going today, number one, we're going to talk about the ways that God speaks to us, why God speaks to us, and then at the end of the session, we want to get to position ourselves so God can speak to us. Okay? And then, I know that this is a bit more exciting, but at the end, at the end, we will have a type of ministry. And we have people here present with us who are really good at hearing from God. And I want you to know that there's going to be opportunity for prayer at the end. So I didn't have a long seminar last, but I looked at the written on the back of this batch here. So we've got about an hour really to get through this. Okay, you're all excited? Are we expecting God's going to say something? I want to say as well that I am also here to hear God. When I speak, when I read from this book, it builds my faith as well. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I think for Karen and I as well, we reach what we would say are kairos moments. And the word, a Greek word kairos, which just means these critical moments in life where you just know I need to hear from God. What's the next step for me? What's the next place I need to go? And I really believe that today for many of you in this room, it's going to be a moment like that. And that's why we come to conferences like this. We want to hear from the Lord because we want to take the next steps knowing that God has ordained us to go forward. Amen? I say that's been true for us. Canada have moments in our life, particularly in our married life together, where we've known that maybe a season is coming to an end and we'll say, Lord, what is next for us? What do we do in this situation? And God has always been faithful. He's always spoken because He is a speaking God. He is a speaking God. I want you to know that. Someone said this, when people speak to God, they call it prayer. When God speaks back, they call it paranoid schizophrenia. <laughs> you ever heard that? 
Because that's what the world thinks. The world thinks that prayer is only a one-way thing, and we can speak to God. That when people say things like, you know, well, God spoke to me, the questions that are asked are, well, are you mad? Or secondly, they would say, well, if God spoke to you, how did he speak to you? And God speaks in lots of different ways. So we are here today, and I feel already, I don't know about you, but everything that I've heard, because I was obviously listening this morning as we worshipped, and, and that everyone that came to speak, I'm not going to cry, I'm not going to be this cry today. For you to walk in. 
Do you believe that? I believe this, that every single one of us has a call of God on our life, and that God has got a great plan in advance, before the foundation of the world, that he wants us to walk in. And I, for one, don't want to miss it. I don't know if any of you are old enough to remember, but back in the 70s, there used to be a show called Bullseye. Do you remember Bullseye? Those are young folks, okay. This is what would happen. They'd get these people to come in and play darts. They'd ask them some not very hard questions. And one of them could play darts, and one of them couldn't play darts. And at the end of the program, Jimbo, and if they failed to get the, the, the required score, if they didn't get the, the product, they would pull back the screen, and there'd be a beautiful assistant standing usually beside a, a, a canoe or a boat or something like that, and Jimbo would say, Exactly. <laughs> he is what you could have won. He is what you could have won. Sorry you go home empty handed, but he is what you could have won. You know, and, and I watch quiz shows every day, you know, even at the end of what's the one we like at five o'clock, Eric? The chase. You know. And he says right at the very end, you know, unfortunately you leave with nothing. end of my time. I'm sure God is not going to look like Jim Bowen or sound like Jim Bowen. But wouldn't it be awful to get to the end of our time and stand before the Lord and it was, here's what we could, we could have done. Here's what was there for you. I want to be the centre of what God has for my life. And years ago we decided, this is why we've been on an adventure for all these years, we decided that we weren't just going to settle for anything less than that. And we've made some decisions in the world's eyes, and in our friends' eyes, and in our family's eyes, we're not wise. Is that me? Not be anyone else to appreciate. But we know that every step that we've taken has been ordained by God that He's led us. We never ever thought, do you know, ten years ago, I don't know that I could have pointed to Wakefield on a map. Nobody knows where Wakefield is. If ever I go anywhere, they say, where do you live? I say, Wakefield. They say, where's Wakefield? I say, just south of Leeds. Ah, Leeds, we've heard of Leeds. Nobody knows where Wakefield is. So how on earth can we end up in Wakefield? Do you Because God led us there. We listened to his voice and we ended up there. Has it been hunky-dory? Not entirely. But we know that God leads us there. When God leads you somewhere, you can be settled in your heart that God has got a plan and has got a purpose. And sometimes we have to keep reminding ourselves that. But God is a sneaky God. How does he speak to us? Go in your Bibles to John chapter 16. You didn't expect to work, did you? Wait till I start asking you questions. John chapter 16. This is Jesus speaking about the Holy Spirit, and he says this, this is in verse 13. It says, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will tell you things to come, he will glorify me. The way that the Lord speaks to us is by the Spirit. It's by the Spirit. Therefore, it's essential for every believer not just to have that salvation experience, but also to be filled with the Spirit. Would you say amen to that? 
And again, I just want to say to you today, if you're here today and you've never been filled with the Spirit, I want to give you an opportunity at the end of our session to, learn, to pray together. Because I want everybody to leave here having had an encounter with the living God, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is just so important for every one of us. Okay, so far? about this tabernacle 
than he does about a tabernacle in the wilderness. Just by other thoughts that I have sometimes. God cares about how we're built together. He cares about where we go. He cares about what it looks like. He wants us to know his plan. And I'm saying these things to you. I'm giving these scriptures to you because I want to build within you an expectation that God can speak to you. He can show you. He can, he can say to you precisely what he wants you to do. That's why I love when I was listening to Susie this morning and she said, you know, I had this word about with orphans. And the next thing happened. You know, that's so random, isn't it? So specific. And even when she said about, you know, not yet. I'm sure some of you last night. But you know, even the way that she said, and I love that she said, I didn't want to tell, didn't want to give you my vision. I wanted God to speak to him as well. And that's really important. That's happened to us at times. You know, when the Lord, we lived in a place just north of New York. New York is really beautiful. And we lived in a little town called Malton, just between New York and Scarborough. It's really nice. It's a lovely place to live. And God spoke to me and said, I want you to move to Wakefield. <laughs> How do I tell my wife? Because the North Yorkshire is really nice. West Yorkshire. Move to Wakefield. So I thought, I didn't want to force my wife to leave a lovely job, a lovely home, and move south. I thought, I want God to speak to her as well. And then she'll have peace about the same thing. So therefore, that's what happened. She sought the Lord. I said, this is what I feel God is saying. This is what I believe God is saying to me. But unless we're both in this together, we're not going to move. And then the Lord spoke to her as well. And so therefore, when that happened, we thought we're on this adventure together. That's why I had to stop and say, David drags me away across the country. Because it's not exactly true. But we don't want to be led by our feelings. Because our feelings change day by day. We don't want to be led by circumstances. We don't want to be led by public opinion. We want to always be led by the Lord. And the Lord wants to lead us. And there is no detail too small for him. Again, some people think in their mind, well, I'll only go to God with the big decisions. But you know what? He's got good things prepared in advance for you every single day for you to walk in. Okay, so far? Say amen. Praise the Lord. Okay, so what I want to do now is I want to take you just through the ways that God speaks to us. Because this is important to get this. So we're going to go to Acts chapter 15. I don't know if you know this yet, but I'm not a New Frontiers person, I'm a Pentecostal. Okay, so just so you know that, any feedback, whooping, cheering, Amen. It doesn't bother me at all. In fact, you get a better, far better performance. We've been cheering, even, I know you've made headaches, to be honest with you, I've done street preaching over the years. What did I say? Acts 15, I did here. Okay, I want you to notice something here. But I won't give you too much of the context here, but. The council, all these leaders, elders, apostles, have all got together and they're, they're making this big decision which is going to affect the whole church going forward. And I want you just to look down, and uh, this is verse 24. This is a letter that was sent out. And he says, obviously, uh, I think James who writes the letter, he says, Since we've heard that some who are out, so, 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 since we've heard that some who are out from us have troubled you with words and set in your souls, Saying we must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such command. It seemed good to 
Jesus, being assembled with one accord, to send chosen men to you with a beloved Barnabas and Paul. And then, verse 28 says this, For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay upon you no greater burden than these necessary things. And then verse 34, It seemed good to Silas to remain there. You think, that's a strange little phrase, isn't it? It seemed good. But the interesting one is that middle one which says, It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and with us. And the first thing I want to say to you in terms of how God speaks to us, I'll, I'll call it this, is called the inward witness. God speaks to us by the inward witness. In Colossians 3.15, make sure that I've got this in the Colossians 3.15, it talks about this, and this is the amplified version of the Bible, it says this, let the peace of God be your umpire. That's a great little phrase, isn't it? It's not in the other versions, but I just like this. In some versions it says, let the peace of God rule in your hearts. And your peace, when you get the Holy Spirit within you, your peace, or lack thereof, is a good indicator that God is speaking to you, or God is directing you. Do you know what I mean by that? The peace of God, or the lack thereof, is not just about, I'm frightened of doing something, or I'm worried about doing something. But God can unsettle us or can settle us with a decision. I'll give you an example of this. It's not a great example because we didn't get it right this time. But when we left South Wales to move to Yorkshire, we sold our house down in South Wales and we were planning on buying a house up in Yorkshire. And the Lord said to both of us at the same moment, don't buy a house. Don't buy a house. So we didn't buy a house. We came up to Yorkshire and we rented a house. And then the house that we rented was not cheap. And it was one of these, it seemed a good idea at the time, not to the Holy Spirit, but something to us. It seemed a good idea, but it was a nice house, but it was expensive to heat, it was expensive to run, there was no shops nearby. And we found that the money, our deposit money, started to get lower and lower and lower. And we started to panic. We thought, We'll buy a house. We'll not get the money left to buy a house. You know? And so therefore, what we started to do was rationalize. Maybe God just meant it for a little time. Maybe God only meant it for a year or two. And then we saw this house that we liked. And we went to see it. And we could afford it just. And we put an offer in the offer was accepted. But there was something inside that just wasn't right. And it was a nag, wasn't it? For both of us, it was a nag. But I didn't tell her. I just did my piece about it. Because both of our daughters loved it. Because one of them had a Barbie bedroom and it looked really great. And I was sort of, because I love my daughters, love to please them, I just kind of went along with it. But inside I just had this little nag, this little disquiet. Everything on the surface seemed good. And Karen had the same thing, but we didn't talk to each other. And we bought the house. And the day after we bought the house, everything went wrong. The lady who sold us the house put a towel over the bath when we, when we looked around and when we got to the house there was a great big hole inside the bath and then the garage that we thought went with the house didn't it wasn't our garage there was all sorts of things and you know I was at home I was
Don't try and help God out. If God has said something, stay within the boundaries of what the Lord has said to you. There's a man in the Bible called Abraham who tried to help God out. And if you know the story, you'll know that the problems of that decision are still with us today. They are. But if God had given a word that he decided to help God out, then don't go against your peace. So the first thing I'll say is, is the peace of God. Let the peace of God be your umpire. Don't make a decision if you've not got peace about it. But if you do make a decision and you've gone before the Lord and you've got the Lord is saying, yeah, that's right, and you've got a peace in it, then you should be confident the Lord is speaking to you. Okay, so far? Okay, second one. Now we're getting a little bit more into the, uh, into the good stuff. The second one I was going to say, we'll go to Acts chapter 8, verse 29. Josh, stand up, Josh. He was built like this for 
So then I thought, how can I say this in a humorous way that if you react badly, I can sort of, you know, pop up to So I said, see, what's your problem? Did you used to be a woman or something? And he dropped his pen and looked at me. And I thought, oh, oh. And he went over and he shut the door of the room with the two of us inside. Literally, 
conversation had just happened when a man came to the front and he took the microphone and he said, there are people here today and the Lord has just told you to humble yourself. And you said, Lord, what do you mean? Do you want me to kneel down or lie on the floor or something? So being a sharp guy, I thought, that's for me. I thought, this could be the Holy Spirit talking here. But this is what he said. He said, the Lord says this. He says, the way that you humble yourself is you say, Lord, you are right. That's what he said. And I thought to myself,
do to you. 2 Timothy 3.16. Well, there's a few people who need to hope that with a few more looking. Say that you get there. Oh well, there's three of us. Great, we'll go with this. Okay. This is in my Bible it says this. All scripture is given by inspiration from God. Who is the Savior? God breathed. All scripture is breathed out by God. All scripture is inspired by God. John chapter 20, Jesus breathes on his disciples and he says, Receive the Spirit of God. So when we see breath in the Scripture, speaking about the Spirit, all Scripture is inspired. All Scripture is spiritual. And it comes from the breath of God. And it says this, that it's given for inspiration, so it's given for profit, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete and thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, your best source to hear from God is this book. Therefore, read it every day. Every day. Maybe twice. Maybe three times if you're a bit religious. When I was in my secular job, I used to be a policeman, by the way. Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't tell that. I never chased criminals. I just used to run up there with a bad liquor. But when I was in my secular job, I used to have a little New Testament that I kept in my top pocket of my uniform. And every chance I got, I would get it out. If I was in, if I was in a bit of downtime, if I was sat at the side of the road pretending to watch the traffic, I'd actually be sitting there reading a little New Testament. I love the Word of God. And the Word of God speaks. It says in Romans it's living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. This Word is alive. I don't know about you, if you've been a Christian long time, you ever read the Bible, it's like something just leaps out to you and speaks to you. That's how the Word of God works. Why? Because it's Spirit-inspired. And when we have the Spirit of God and we read it alongside the author, He brings it alive to us. And we see things that we've maybe never seen before. Maybe we've read them a hundred times, and yet the Lord speaks to us by His Word. Karen and I, we, we, we weren't long married at the... Uh, We just got married, we were in a, a, a large church. There's been nine young couples, friends of ours. We'd all kind of get married within a year of each other. And all our friends were all buying houses, settling into careers, getting on with life. And um, but we had felt, we felt that God had called us to go to Bible school. This is way back in the last century, in the 1990s. So we weren't going to go to the temple. So anyway, we were going to go to Bible because we had this plan. We're going to go to Bible school because we felt the call of God was on our life. There was a man in the church, businessman, nice man, and he was dead against it. He thought it was a terrible idea. He called it a wild goose chase. And he even went so far as to say to me, he said, I don't know why you're going to go down this route. He said, everyone else is buying houses and settling into careers. And you're going to, he said, you're going to dishonor your wife by going on this wild goose chase and going to Bible college. He said, everybody, he said, the time you've finished all that nonsense, he said, you won't be able to afford somewhere to live. I 
I'm going to be honest, it did make me wobble a bit. Because I thought I'd heard from God originally. Anyway, so we thought we need, we really need a word from God. We need a word from God. So we spent the Friday and the Saturday and we prayed and we fasted. Says this, he 
tells him to remember those prophetic words that you had. For by them you can stand and do more. That's what it says to him. When you've got a prophetic word that God has spoken to you, you know from him, you're able to stand on that. And when the tough times come, when the needs come, when the testing comes, which it will, you're able to go back to that word and say, Lord, we know that we know that we know that you told us. And we're able to walk through it. And he loves faith. Hebrews tells us this. He says, without faith it's impossible to please God. God responds to our faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God is a speaking God. Say it with me. God is a speaking God. And God wants to speak to us. Now just lay those things out there. Just again to build your faith. Hopefully to raise your expectation that God is speaking. And not only that, God has a plan for every single one of us here. And if you're here today and you really know, Lord, I need a word from you. I'm not saying now that we're going to suddenly, someone's going to be, this going to be up and give you a word, or Pip's going to give you a word. That may well happen. But I really believe today it's important to encounter the Lord, to hear from Him. And I want to just give you one last scripture at the moment we've got. Would you just turn just to Romans chapter 12, please? Because I really believe this is the key to position ourselves to hear from God. Romans 12, verse 1. I beseech you therefore, brethren, in the New King James, by the way, the New Bible, love it. Somebody said it's a new one, so. That you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In the Amplified it says this, even his perfect will for you. The way that you position yourself to hear from God is you say, Lord, you were right. You were right. The way that I used to think when people said living sacrifice, I used to think, you know, that's not real, that's a dead sacrifice. But a living sacrifice says this, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you want, I'm willing to do. And I really believe that has, that stirred me this morning when I was listening to the first session. That we have to be ready to get out of our comfort zone. We have to be ready to go wherever God wants us to go. I do not want to get to the end of my life and be disappointed and think, I could have done this, I could have gone there, but instead I chose the easy path. God said to us again through a prophetic word, I think it was seven years ago, a man contacted me, I had not, had not heard from him for 20 years, he said this, God says before you is the safe road or the faith road. He said, God will still love you if you take the safe road. He said, but if you take the faith road, there's an adventure ahead. We didn't need to be asked twice. There's no choice. Who wants the safe road? <laughs> Who wants the safe road? Nobody. We want the faith road. But the way that we enter the faith road is to say, Lord, whatever you want, whatever you say, Lord, you are right. When you put yourself in that position and you mean it, the Lord will respond. He will speak. He will guide. He will move. He'll open doors. He'll close some others. And he will show you the way to go. But that's it. There's no trick. There's no secret. You position yourself in that way and be prepared for the Lord to speak. And when he speaks, you'll have a sense within your heart. And amen.
That's what it means. He says, it's feeling good to the Holy Spirit. There's an amen between us and an amen in the Holy Spirit. 